0: Well, we're back again in our study of the book of Proverbs, and today, um, well, the last time we studied verses 20 through 21, and today we're going to begin uh, in verse 22, and we're going to be talking about uh, wisdom's rebuke. And the rebuke is, in, in one sense, it's to all of us, because of all, of, all of us were born this way, and all of us were prone to these things that wisdom um, is going to speak to us about. Now, let's go ahead and read the entire text. And you say, Brother Paul, it's kind of long. And yes, it is. But, but that's one of the things, young person, that I really want you to see. You need to develop the ability to read the text, to think about it, but also to listen. Uh, in our church, we have um, at least a, a scripture reading every Sunday. That's at least a chapter long, sometimes two chapters in order to train ourselves Not only to read the scriptures, but also to listen when the scriptures are being read. So let's look. Proverbs chapter one, verse 20. Wisdom shouts in the street. Wisdom lifts her voice in the square at the head of the noisy street. She cries out at the entrance of the gates in the city. She utters her sayings. How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple minded and scoffers delight themselves in scoffing and fools hate knowledge. Turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Because I called and you refused, I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention. And you neglected all my counsel and did not want my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your dread comes. When your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you, Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and they did not choose to fear the Lord, the fear of the Lord, they would not accept my counsel. They spurned all my reproof. So they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. For the waywardness of the naive will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. All right. Well, let's let's go to the Lord in prayer. And when I'm praying, <laughs> you should be praying, praying um, after reading the scriptures, is not just something that we do um, because, well, it's what everyone does. No, it, it has to be real. Um, I believe that if the Lord doesn't help us here I'm not going to be able to say anything uh, worthwhile and um and you're not going to be able to understand and so when the pastor's praying after uh, he reads the scriptures or pray because you you desperately need God as I do to move on your behalf all right let's knowing that let's go to the lord in prayer father i I so pray, Lord, for your help that the parents, the mothers and fathers, the, the children, the youth and everyone in between, Lord, that they would uh, they would grow in conformity to the image of Christ and grow in wisdom, which makes up part of that conformity. Oh, Lord, I pray. That from a young age, great grace would be manifested in their lives. The great knowledge of the scriptures without pride would also be manifested. Lord, please, please help these young people that are listening. Lord, to, to give themselves to your son, to give themselves to eternity. To live as those who truly believe that Jesus died and rose again, and that his incarnation and suffering and death and resurrection and ascension were the greatest events in all of human history, even eternity's history. Lord, please give them the gift of love for your Son, esteem for your Son. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in verse 22, we have some pretty, pretty hard language from wisdom, but we need it. Trust me. No one likes to be uh, told that they're wrong or that they're prone to foolishness or that they need to be careful. No one likes being warned. No one likes being exposed. But this is absolutely necessary. We need to realize that the things she's going to say here. They are in all of us and we have to be very, very careful that we do not give in to them, that we do not make them uh, acts or patterns of our life. And um, I-, I want you to know that this is not just for you as a 10 you know, year old or a teenager or a college student, it- it's for me, it's for your parents, it's for all of us, because we're all, we all can be prone to these things. So if you look in verse twenty two, she says, How long, O naive ones, will you love being simple minded and scoffers delight themselves in scoffing and fools hate knowledge. Now she's going to talk here. She talks about naive ones, simple minded ones, um, scoffers who scoff and fools who hate knowledge. Um, I'm sure that you have heard uh, the preacher talk about something called the flesh. Well, in in genuine believers, there's who have had their hearts changed by the Holy Spirit, who are believing in Jesus Christ. There is still something it's very hard to define, but that remains in us of our old selves. There's there's this unredeemed aspect of us that fights against. The word of God that fights against the work of the spirit in us, and it manifests itself oftentimes in the very things that are being exposed here. So this is not just an unbeliever who's given to these things, but it's also the battle within us. So let's look. First of all, she says here in verse 22, how long, O naive ones, will you love being simple Now, she's talking to naive ones. Um, Another way of putting that is simple ones or uh, a simpleton. Now, um, there is is a way in which the word simple applied to a person is, is a very good thing, that they're not complex, they're not ever changing, but they're always the same person. They have a a consistency to their their nature and their attitude, their disposition and their actions. So when we say a person is simple in that way, um, and not complex, that's a very good thing. But here I've written down here a definition. It's talking about a simpleton, a naive person, a uh, a simple person, is an uninstructed person who does not have. The moral preparation to understand the complexities complexities of a matter and make a proper decision. And also, this person is easily deceived or easily swayed. Now, I want to go back. That's a big definition. So let's go back for a moment and look at it. An uninstructed person. You weren't born with wisdom. You weren't born just being clever. Now, you were born maybe thinking you were clever and thinking you were wise, but I can assure you, the Bible tells you that wisdom is something we acquire. It's not something we're born with. It's something we acquire. So if you have not instructed yourself in wisdom, if you have not been instructed in wisdom, guess what? You're a simpleton. You're naive. Um, you just didn't pull it out of the air. If you haven't studied scripture, you're a simpleton. Now, it's an uninstructed person who does not have moral preparation to understand the complexities of a matter. Now, moral preparation. Um, you know, if, if you're going to go into a fight, uh, a professional fight, you're going to be a boxer or something, or you're going to run in a marathon, you need preparation, don't you? You don't go from sitting on a couch and never running or even walking very much to you're going to run a, a marathon. That's what is it? 24 25 miles, something like that. You uh, you don't do that. Well, you can do it, but you're going to fail and you're going to fail terribly. Well, it's the same way. Don't just think you're going to walk out there in life and start making good decisions. You're not going to do it. Not without moral preparation. It's it, you. Are you getting me here? I dare you to come over to my house. I'll put, let's say four hundred and f- I'll put eight plates on the barbell. It's four hundred and five pounds and ask you to deadlift it. And if you haven't worked at deadlifting, you're not going to pick that up. You need to spend probably unless you're very gifted, you need a couple of years to get to that weight. You're not going to make it. You need preparation. Well, young person in your home, you need to be wise. But one day you're going to leave your home and you're going to see it is a vanity fair out there. It's it's full of vanity. It's full of strangeness. It's full of of sin. It's full of um, even a radical wickedness. And things are going to be presented to you. And if you don't have the moral preparation to to deal with it, well, you're just not going to deal with it. You see, here's something you can't. You can't draw your convictions in the heat of the battle because you're going to fall. You have to have your convictions of what is right and wrong. You have to have those decided long before you enter into any moral battle. So, an uninstructed person who does not have moral preparation to understand, now look at this, the complexities of a matter. Now, some things are straightforward. Don't lie. Don't do this. Do do this. You know, the There's no real complexity to it. But then there are other decisions that have to be made. Should I leave this job for another job because it pays more? Well, obviously, because it pays more. Well, no, maybe it's going to take me away from the people of God. Maybe it's going to take me away from my ability to raise my children. Yes, I will have more money, but I'll have less time. You see, there are complexities. And you need to understand how to deal with those. And that's what the book of Proverbs is for. So an uninstructed person who does not have the moral preparation to understand the complexities of a matter and make a proper decision. You know, decisions are difficult when you get older, but also decisions can literally change the entire course of your life. One simple decision can change the course of your life. Also, one simple decision that is bad can erase a hundred previous good decisions, you see. Again, you shouldn't be paralyzed with fear about living this life, but you should realize you're walking in a field full of landmines. Now, if you have wisdom, you'll be able to navigate them, but you need wisdom. And a person who is uninstructed is also easily deceived and swayed. Um, Yes, Um, I I don't know who it was that said it. It wasn't me. It may have been Barnum from Barnum and Bailey, but he said there's a what was it? There's a fool born every minute and two that are born to take his money. And um, I don't know if I got that correct, but the idea, I think you understand it. Um, People are crafty and the devil is is shrewd. Very shrewd. And uh, now I want you to know there are a lot of good and helpful people out there. But there are also a lot of people who care not a bit for your soul, for your life. They only want to use you, deceive you, sway you. And you need wisdom to be able to look through that facade, that mask that they're wearing. Uh, look through that thing they're promising and realizing it's not life death. And young person, let, let me share with you something. Any time you have to compromise your convictions and do something other than the word of God. The door you're passing through is a door that passes through unto death. Now, you say, Brother Paul, this started out a few lessons ago as a very nice, quaint study on wisdom. Well, what I'm trying to get you to see is wisdom is not just something that, well, we like being wise. This is a life or death situation. And so be very, very careful. It says they're simpletons or naive, but then she goes on. Look what it says. How long, naive ones, will you love being simple minded? Basically, hey, you naive people, how long are, are you going to continue just love being naive? Why? Do you, why? How long? You say, well, why would anyone want to be? uninstructed and naive and gullible and easily deceived and not knowing how to make proper decisions. Why would anyone love being like that? Well, let me let me share with you. I've written down here. They love being simple minded and uninstructed in the things of godliness and virtue because it allows them to do what? To open the door to all their lusts, all their wrong desires all their sinful desires. It's like, oh, I didn't know that, you know, the speed limit was 55. So therefore I went 75. Oh, I didn't know that was wrong. So see, when, when, when you say, don't tell me what's right, don't tell me what's wrong, because then it's going to make me have to pull back those wrong desires of mine. I'm not going to be so free to be able to do All these sinful things that I want to do. Just let me be ignorant so that I can go on in my sinful lifestyle. That's basically what's going on. And uh, again, let me read this. They love being simple minded and uninstructed. They don't want to be taught about what is right and wrong. Because it allows them to continue within, you know, with a conscience that's not afflicted or ridden with guilt. Oh, I didn't know. They also think that somehow a lack of knowledge uh, is an excuse, but it's not. Not even in our world, you know, ignorance of the law is no excuse. Ignorance of the will of God is no excuse, because even when you're ignorant, the Bible says that God has written his law upon your heart and you know you're wrong. It's just that when you read it in scripture, it comes with even a greater force against your sin. I want to talk for just a moment there. Many, many years ago, centuries ago, uh, somebody somewhere came up with a list of seven deadly sins. Now, that's really not a good title because all sin is deadly, but it it is helpful in this. It shows us kind of helps us to see the major categories of sin. And a lot of times, young people, we don't want to be instructed in God's word because we want to do these things. Or at least we're given to these things. And when it's pointed out, it makes us feel bad. Let's just look. Pride. Pride. Vanity. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. It's all about me. I want everyone to honor me, to have their eyes on me, to admire me. Someone said, I think it may have been Dr. Piper. That that when when we're saying, look at me, look at me, you know what we're actually saying? Don't look at God. Don't look at God. Look at me. Look at me. I want everything to be about me. And some people say that's the beginning. That's like the fountainhead of, of, of sin, of all other sins. So one is pride. The other is envy. Oh, when we see somebody look at somebody else rather than us. We see somebody have something that we do not have. Somebody has become something that we have not become. We become angry, envious. Um, Another one of the deadly sins is gluttony, eating too much. But the word gluttony for us just has to do with food. But but basically it's self-indulgence. It's having no discipline with regard to our physical desires. So it's not just you eat too much. You you may just eat all kinds of bad things. Um, and it may not just be eating. It may have to do with uh, with money. It may have to do with with all sorts of things, but it's self-indulgence. It's giving in to all the desires that appear in you. Now, a lot of desires are good but a lot of desires are bad. Now, how do we determine the difference between giving into bad desires and giving into good desires? Only if we're instructed, you see? Instructed. I've known people who just gave themselves to horrible things because they were uninstructed, but I've also known people who denied themselves good things, good things, because they were uninstructed. So you see, um it's, it's like uh, a lot of men have said, the Christian life is like walking on the edge of a razor blade, or walking down a narrow path and you can fall off on either side. But by being instructed, we stay right in the middle of that path. Uh, now, also greed, covetousness, just always wanting, always wanting. And I shared with you in a few studies uh, back that greed is a. It just the more you feed it, the hungrier it becomes you can't feed it enough. You can never feed it enough. So you have to starve it, (laughs) you have to starve it, because if you keep feeding it, it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's a desire for things. And then when you possess that thing, you want something greater than that thing or something else, because ultimately you need to understand something. Nothing can truly satisfy you except God. And so, so many people, because they've rejected God, they're over here just consuming and consuming all these things that just causes them to want more, but never satisfies them. Then there's lust. Lust, how can I best describe this? It's it's looking at a person. And and lust in a lot of ways, young person, is a lot like murder. You say, well, how is it murder? You're looking at a person and you it's like you no longer see them as a person. You've killed their personhood. And now they're a thing just to be used by you. And that that is wrong. That is so wrong. It is so demeaning to the other person. Um, we need to love people and we need to respect people. And that is the very opposite of lust. Now, we go on sloth, sloth, and I'm not talking about the two-toed animal or whatever in South America, Uh, slothfulness and young person, maybe you need to listen to this, go in your room right now, just stop the video for a second, pause it and go in your room. What does it look like? That may tell you how slothful you are. Um, What are your chores? Write out a list right now. What do you contribute to the house? Do you do the dishes after dinner? Do you clean? Do you vacuum? Do you mow the yard? What, what do you do? Do you wash your own clothes? So I've never heard of such a thing. Well, and I need to talk to your parents. Um, slothfulness. And let me just go off here for just a second on this. That, um, look, if you're, if you're six or seven years old or somewhere around there headed towards eight, your mom should not be cleaning your room. Your mom should not be picking up after you. And mom, dad, listen to me. Um, you want to give your child a, a correct view of themselves. You want them to uh, think well of themselves. You don't they don't learn to think well of themselves because you just stand there and tell them that they're that they're worthy of thinking well of themselves. You give them things to do. You give them jobs according to their age and allow them to begin to take care of themselves, to make a way for themselves. Sometimes I mean, I see these, you know, 16 year old boys that they, they can't clean their room They're, It's pathetic. And then parents, you need to strap down on this because you're not helping them by doing everything for them. Slothfulness here. Just listen to me. Um, Remember the parable of the talents, you know, it is spiritual, but but its application, general application goes far beyond. You know, God has given us all certain talents and and how are we going to use them? How are we going to develop them? Are we just going to be lazy? Is that it? Is that just get by? You see, we're all always to be improving, to preparing. Always so that we can do more and more and more and uh, it brings a great joy to see achievements, to read books you've never read, to develop knowledge in certain areas that you didn't know about, to grasp great truths of scripture, uh, discipline and, and a lack of slothfulness, a labor, a diligence to improve our character. All of it requires effort. And the the more you give yourself to laziness, the more lazy you're going to become. And the more you give yourself to to work, uh, the more you're going to appreciate work. Uh, My father, um, the one thing that I think I most appreciate about what he did for me was he made me work all the time, all the time. And no, I didn't like it that much, but now it has had an impact on my life over all these years. He died when I was 17. But in, and right now I'm 58 and uh, it's impacted all those years. I've never been that smart, but I can work. And so young person, slothfulness is a very, very deadly sin. And then finally, anger. Anger is, is basically you didn't get your own way. Or another way to say it is unmet expectations. You expected something and you didn't get it and you're just mad. People didn't treat you like you thought you needed to be treated. You didn't get what you thought you ought to have gotten. And uh, that's idolatry, that's self idolatry. Now, there is a righteous anger when you see injustice being done, especially toward others who are weak. We'll talk about that. Proverbs talks about it. but Most of our anger comes from the fact that we didn't get our own way. Well, we sure didn't get as far as as what I wanted to get. but that my point is not to get through these lessons in, in a few minutes and then say I did a study on Proverbs. Uh, my my point of doing this is the same it's the same reason I did it for my own children. It's because I, I want to see I want to see you prosper and unto the glory of God. Alright, so we'll be right back here in our next lesson. Uh, God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society.